Welcome to this week's edition of the Speaking Artistically podcast. Each week we talk about arts and entertainment in Edmonton inspired by the weekly Taproot Arts Roundup curated by friend of the podcast, Fonda Mithrush. We are produced by Bottom Line Productions and published by Taproot Edmonton. Hi, I'm Joshua. I'm Katie. And we're Speaking Artistically. You can't look me in the eye when you say that, can you? <laughs> no. no. But Allie does. <laughs> I can't do it. Allie's not here yeah, today. she's away today. Allie's away today. Welcome to episode 12, everybody. Katie and I were just talking about how February just seems to be this gigantic month, and we've just started, gigantic month of, of entertainment and arts in this city. There's so many activities. There so is much so happening. much yeah. happening. We're going to try to get to some of them. Uh, we'll jump right in with uh, NLT announcement of its 45th season, and we even have people... That's Northern Light Theatre. Northern Light Theatre. Yeah. Thank you, yes, because... <laughs> Not from, everybody calls it NLT. No, it's true. <laughs> and isn't that interesting? From a marketing perspective, I was telling them, stop with the NLT in all of their public-facing stuff, Northern Light Theater, yeah. and that because most people don't understand acronyms, yeah. you got to be around for a long time before people know acronyms. 45 years maybe, but no, you got to be really public-facing for that. Yeah, we're guilty of it too with calling ourselves BLP sometimes. That's right. Yeah. You're right. I try this, not to. <laughs> i got to do a better yeah. job at that. It's so much easier to do the, the acronym. It's faster to type. <laughs> it is. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I never thought of that. But anyway, so... Yeah. Our friends at Curio who work on NLT stuff, Northern Light Theater stuff, they uh, they have stacked the logo. You'll see the creative come out yeah. soon. It'll, it's actually it's actually quite lovely. But you're absolutely right, Northern Light Theater. Um, what's uh, so they announced on Saturday, and uh, we'll put out a media release pretty soon about this. It, it, they're calling it Women of a Certain Age, and Trevor is programming uh, very specific women focused stories. And he's working with former artistic associates and performers throughout NLT's history, the ones that he's worked with and maybe some that he hasn't. Uh, we've got The Oldest Profession, The Ugly Duchess, The Look, Something Unspoken by Tennessee Williams, which is super exciting. That's right. A- and uh, a-, a play by Trevor himself, the artistic director. It's a reading of We Had a Girl Before You, a candlelit recounting of a gothic tale of suspense and spine-tingling terror. Woohoo! Super outside of the NLT feeling, and I told him, I said, "This is uh, this is it. Definitely has to go into suspense and spine tingling terror because people just don't know enough about that kind of thing. I think people really dig stories that that feel spine tinglingly. People love a good horror movie. People love a Halloween party. They do, don't yeah. they? It's not quite a Halloween. It looks like it'll come up in November, but <laughs> I don't think people are going to mind. But yeah. it's even they even say mystery venue. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. Oh, that changes it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're doing four plays. So NLT usually programs three plays, but for this anniversary season, they'll do four. And with the play reading, they're calling it four and a half, sure. 4.5, or 45. How clever is oh, that? Beautiful. Oh, that's pretty clever. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, check out uh, their website for it and uh, learn more about it. Subscriptions are on sale, which is really cool. Oh, I'm selling too much like the sales pitch. <laughs> gotta put, it happens, gotta take off when our marketing. Excited. Gotta yeah. take off our marketing hats yeah. and move on from from yeah. that. What do you think? I think it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. There's a, a few yeah. one-handers, a couple of people, and some of them. I'm just super excited about Trevor tackling Tennessee Williams because that's just and he says it's, it's an obscure um, Tennessee Williams play. It's a short one. I think they've done sort of a role reversal on it as well Mm -hmm. to sort of flip it for modern times which i'm excited to see yeah i think a lot of it's going to be really cool we uh know everyone knows that the invisible 
from Catalyst Theater is starting uh, this week. I think we've talked about it about three times because we're because so excited about it. It keeps showing up in the roundup. It's true, <laughs> and, I, and and it's funny. I got it. The only reason I'm mentioning it is not only because it opens this weekend, but that Fonda in the in the arts roundup made a. Uh, she said, "We're not complaining that Calgary got it first, but we're not complaining that we've been waiting a long time to see it." And it's mm-hmm. true. There's a huge following for Catalyst yeah. Theater, and a lot of people are waiting. I've been waiting a long time to to see it. Yeah. I think that it. Uh, I I don't think they're going to be disappointed. Anyway, I wanted to mention it because she. I got a, a giggle about her, about her not complaining that Calgary. She wasn't complaining, but she was. It's true. Um, over at the Citadel, Belinda Cornish, the wonderful actor and playwright and producer, is adapting Todd Babiak's The Garnel Block. Mm-hmm. Now I remember The Garnel Block. Oh, it's a book. He wrote I, I it. I read the novel. Yeah. You read the novel, read but the novel. I read the serial in the Edmonton oh, Journal. Oh, that's right. So he was a writer yeah. at the journal at the time, and he had they divided it up into chunks, and and you kept coming back to them as like sections. Read a new chapter. Oh my god, it yeah. was so good. Now I heard that. Uh, well, it's not it's not untrue, but um, Charles Dickens would work that way. And Charles Dickens had these serials, and they'd run it in newspapers in England and in America. So much so that when he came to America uh, the, for the first time, he was treated like a rock star. Like he, when his ship pulled up in New York City, that there were people everywhere and, and photographs, and they wanted to get his autograph. And he was huge. Like it was, this was a god author, and then because of the serial yeah. novel approach. Well, and there was no radio and no TV back then. Ah, good so, point. So a serial, like newspaper, was the immediate. That's right. Entertainment and news. Yeah, right? but it's brilliant to. I mean, it's one thing to to to, to make the novel out of it, but yeah. to run it that you have to. But you, you're right. It's just like yeah. that's no different than having a TV series every week and there's a bit of a cliffhanger and you want to come back to it the week after yeah it all started there mm-hmm. and so when the journal did it with the garnel block i i was it, intrigued. totally yeah. engrossed i yeah. was intrigued and engrossed with it and um uh, amanda uh woodward at the time from um uh, curio a friend of podcast she did all the art for it okay. and so i can't get out of my head the the characters she she has a very specific character drawing style and i i can't and they were but the characters were brilliant they looked good and they were so well described i mean todd's work is always very descriptive and you Mm -hmm. know exactly what they're doing and how they you can see it in their head your head but then when amanda's stuff came out oh my goodness yeah it was So I guess what you're saying is you're excited to see it adapted again. <laughs> yes, uh, you know what? Yeah. You, I, I actually, yeah, I actually am. I'm, I didn't think I would be, but I am actually quite interested to see how it, I, how it goes. I, I don't know how much Todd's involved in it. I know he's in Australia. Mm, maybe he, maybe Belinda does involve him. I don't know, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see that. Uh, Chinook, geez, I'm talking a lot. Do you want to talk yet, or oh, do you want me to just no, you keep, keep going? going? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, um, the Chinook series, again, with with all the stuff that's going on in Edmonton in February, the Chinook series, of course, starts, uh, it's been running, and it's on this weekend again. And uh, Century Song is a volcano production in association with Movable Beast and Richard Jordan Productions. Those seem like fine people. It's in the Westbury, and it's a live performance hybrid created by powerful Dora. I'm reading off of the Century Song website. Mm-hmm. It's a Dora Award-winning soprano, Nima Beckersteth. And Dora Award-winning collaborators, Ross Manson and Kate Alton. Um, now, Dora is the Toronto theatre 
prize. And it's always awesome, I think, when Eastern product comes down here. Uh, I, I think that Edmontonians are willing to embrace new ideas and try new things. And I find that a lot of the work that comes from small theater experimental stuff in Toronto can be very ambitious. And it's very, some of it I've seen over the last 20 years, no one's ever done stuff like, like what comes out of Toronto. Rick Miller comes to mind. And of course he did McHomer. Um, but he also, he's famous for really packaging up. I mean, he had a great, my favorite one of his was bigger than Jesus and it was in the Citadel's rice, but he's so good at, at making shows out of just stuff that comes out of a box and, and he rolls it in and he sets it up and it's him and it's completely engrossing and it blows you away. Now this, Vault, this century song looks like that sort of an approach. Uh, this this beautiful uh, singer and uh, her team with, uh, uh, and I I'm not sure what live performance hybrid is, but I'm looking forward to hearing about it from this weekend. My wife's off to see it, and it's going to be quite something. And your kids are small, so you still have to take turns going out to entertainment, right? That's right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> somebody has to stay home. Somebody, somebody has to, to go somebody <laughs> goes to see something and then reports back. And if it's then really compelling, we're like, oh, we'll have to go and see it too. You know that kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, the exquisite. This uh, they also say that it's featuring some of the past 100 years' most adventurous composers, as well as projection design by FET Film in Germany. Extraordinary visuals that bring alive major art movements of the 20th century. Wow, this looks pretty cool. Anyway, um, Chinook series running. Uh, all over the place right now as part of everything else that's happening in, in February. We can't not have a, a podcast at this time of the year without mentioning the Chinook series. Hashtag two hot weeks of yeah. cutting-edge theater. Yeah, that's awesome. So also uh, this past week, um, the Edmonton Music Prize and the Edmonton Ooh, Film Prize were announced right. on February 6th. Uh, so this year's winner of the Film Prize, and again, this is a prize, not a grant. Uh, What's the difference? So this is for uh, work that's already been completed. Hmm. So it's not something you use the money in the prize to go and make the thing. It's you've already made the thing and you're being rewarded, which is different than a lot of other awards and prizes that are available. And that's why I always kind of focus on it. I think it's really interesting. Why? Um, Because you, I I don't know. It's, it's, Hmm. it's interesting that it's not like, here's some money. Now you have to go make a thing. It's Mm -hmm. like, you made a good thing. Here's some money. Oh, right. Okay. Tell me about um, the prize, a prize versus a grant. How do you feel artists react to that? Is it is there enthusiasm about it? Can you get a grant and then get a prize? Definitely. Is it harder to get the prize afterwards because you've already created the work and you need the money to create the work? I don't know. Uh, awards and prizes again. I think it's like the bane of all artists' mm. existence because. You have to sort of play that game if you want the money to make your art and live and all that kind of thing. But you could probably spend your whole full time, 40 hours a week, working on submitting applications for prizes and awards. And if you want to go to the Junos or if you want an Ampia Award, you can spend a lot of time submitting all these awards and prizes. And some of them might have a cash reward. Some of them might just be a little stamp for your website. (laughs) Um, oh, interesting. Okay. And I think you, you know, if you're really hustling it, you could spend hours and hours and hours working towards all these prizes. It's hmm. it's like when you're a student and you're trying to get a scholarship. Yeah. You could spend all the time that you should be doing your schoolwork trying to get a scholarship so that you don't have to pay 
for the rest of your school. Oh, that's it ends a good up point. just being like a lot more work. Okay. But is it worth it? I mean, if you win sometimes, yeah, yeah it's definitely well, worth it. This is what we were talking about with yeah. the Junos last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so again, it's like, it's more that I'm sad that it has to exist, but I'm glad it does mm-hmm. kind of feeling. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, but anyway, so the winner of the Edmonton Film Prize is Adam Scorgi um, for his work, uh, The Rise of Danny Trejo. Oh, cool. Inmate One, I think it's called. Oh, um, cool. That's yeah. awesome. And his work is so professional and like, like I'm not surprised at all he won. He's won the prize in the past. Yeah. Um, and he makes really incredible work. So, so congratulations to yeah, him. Yeah, no kidding. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. And then the winner of the music prize uh, is Edmonton's Nahiawak mm-hmm. for their uh, latest release on Arts and Crafts Records, which again, like, congratulations to them. It's a incredible piece. They really deserve yeah. that as well. Oh, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Um, Black History Month at Metro Cinema. Yeah. Um, so every year, Metro Cinema does sort of a series of films uh, for Black History Month. Um, it looks like a really good lineup again this year. Uh, it's had a little more attention than it has in past years, which hmm. I think is great. Um, why do you think? Uh, I have no idea. Why does, <laughs> why does, why does it why happen? Why does it ever happen? Why does the media have <laughs> yeah. anything? Yeah. Um, but yeah, what I am most excited to see that I haven't seen yet that's part of the Black History Month lineup is uh, the film Us um, by Jordan Peele. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so he did Get Out a few yeah, years yeah. ago, and then he did Us. Oh, that one. It, it, I know, it, I miss it. It freaks me out. It's scary. But yeah. does it, but is it slasher no, scary? Because the, there's scissors and stuff in there, and that makes me uh, nervous. Again, I haven't seen Us yet, okay. so I don't super know. Um but I was afraid to see Get Out because I'm not very good at horror movies either. Right. And it's more of like a psychological, suspenseful sort of thing. Oh, my God. Sort of thing. Totally. Yeah. I mean, the minute in Get Out when the girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, Amanda Williams, the actress, mm-hmm. when he says, we got to go. She's looking for the keys. I'll find the keys. I'll find the keys. And he pulls them out. And she says, you know, I can't give you these keys, babe. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And she's been in on us all the time. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, I'm sure that there's people out there if who have never seen, seen Get, Get Out. Out. Yeah. Just see it. You anyway. should see yeah. Get Out. But Don't you won't know what spoilers. I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh my god, that yeah. was an amazing yeah. yeah. And then when you think about everything that happens in it, and then you go back and it makes total sense everything that he was that mm-hmm. was happening. And then the role reversal about about the police coming and the black uh, lives matter yeah. situations in the states, and then how he's he's basically speaking about that yeah. in there and so subtly. How it was nominated for an Oscar in the comedy category or oh, something? Yes, or for, Golden Globes for the Golden Globes. Yes, yeah. It was like really. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I and guess, he won, but he won an, a writing Oscar for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it did win something. Yeah, I can't remember what. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I did. Um, I missed it the first time around when it, when it was in the theater. So it's nice that it's back for Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gives me another chance. So, but us, you mean? Us, yeah. yeah. But you've seen Get Out. I've seen Get, Get Out. Out. Yeah, yeah but I didn't see us, us yet. Well, I didn't want to see Us before I saw Get Out. Okay, I was yeah, really late right. seeing Get Out. Okay. So, yeah. Well, okay, I look forward to hearing you tell us yeah. what uh, how, 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 how yeah. Us is. Um, the, uh, is there any, do you know if there's any local black films in the Black History Month Metro uh, screening? You know, I'm not sure if there hmm. are this year. I know there have been in the past, or yeah, at least yeah. Canadian films. Yeah. Um, there's not a ton of Alberta-made films, which is right. a whole separate thing. You've but... seen, you've been around Black History Month at Metro for, for yeah. a while now. Do you find that there are 
are there any Canadian black stories Definitely. that are told? Yeah, I know uh, for a few years they would just sort of by chance overlap is there was a series of Canadian films that would come out of uh, TIFF in Toronto and they do sort of a national tour. Wow. And there was almost always something that also fit in with Black History Month. Right. Um, often a documentary or a other kind of stories. A lot, there's usually a lot of documentaries in that. That, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I wonder if some of them were by from the American story point of view of blacks coming up to, uh, black Americans coming up to Canada. Yeah, they were usually more modern than that. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I would love, and maybe there's, mm-hmm. maybe it's out there, but I would love a, a documentary or some sort of story about black football, professional football players who oh. came up in the 50s, 40s and 50s to play in the CFL. I always, My father always raised us with that. He said that, um, black players would be ostracized, of course, in the States. They wouldn't be allowed to play, the or they wouldn't play, or they'd get on the job that they wouldn't be allowed to play. Um, and they would come up here, and they'd be welcome, and they would be starters, and they'd get paid probably the same at the time as they were making in, in the NFL or the AFL, because there was no at least the joint same, NFL. the same as what the Canadian players were making. Absolutely. Right? Which is usually, I think, quite a bit less. It's, it? it's interesting nowadays, yeah. yeah. But at the time... Um, American and Canadian fo- professional footballers were making the same amount okay. of money. And so if the if the life was better up here, then, of course, come up here and play. I mean, right. Warren Moon was the starting quarterback for the Eskimos in the 70s. He went down to, to Houston, and he um, was treated poorly. I mean, he's the first black quarterback to make it into the American Hall of Fame. And that was at the turn of the millennium. And there have been black quarterbacks in the CFL Hall of Fame before that. I mean, it just tells you that there was definitely a lag in time about how people were perceived. And it, would, and it sounds like a great story, and maybe somebody will sink their teeth into that sometime. Yeah. Uh, a BWDC? Wow, what's happening with Brian Webb Dance Company? Uh, Brian Webb Dance Company has uh, Shea Kubler's oh. latest show coming up. Cool, local which is boy. Very exciting for yeah. people um, from the Edmonton area. He grew up in Sherwood Park, and now he works internationally as a dancer and a choreographer. Um, so he was here a few months ago, uh, doing some choreography with Ballet Edmonton for one of their recent shows this season. Cool. Um, but this show that Brian Webb Dance Company is bringing in is his own dance company, Radical System Art from Vancouver. It's Shay's own company. It's Shay's oh. own company. Uh, and they're performing Epilogos, which I think is going to be really exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've got, I, again, I haven't seen it yet. Have I'm, you met Shay before? Uh, yes, I have. How is he? Uh, seems nice. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a nice guy. He's a nice he was local at the boy. Season launch. <laughs> was he, yeah. uh, does he... St- I mean, he's based out of Vancouver now, yeah. but he still has Edmonton roots. De- definitely. Sherwood Park roots. Oh, yeah. mm, Sherwood Park roots. roots. Oh, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, but I think it's going to be a really good show. It's really an athletic show because um, a lot of his background is martial arts. Oh, cool. Um, so you get sort of dance and martial arts combined into a to a cool show. Wow. Yeah. Um, he danced, so he would have, he went, he went to a dance school in Sherwood Park. Mm-hmm. Didn't Darka tell us what that was? It's his, his mom runs a dance studio dance there. Dance fusion, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I think so. That's pretty cool. Um, but also he studied martial arts for a lot of years before yeah. he even got into dance. So Ooh, maybe he'll go back yeah. and visit his, uh, his uh, mom at dance fusion. Yeah. Hmm. That's um, pretty cool. But yeah, so that's at the Trifo Theater next week, Valentine's Day weekend. Oh, there's so much yeah. stuff coming up for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I can't even. <laughs> no, you know what? In fact, let's yeah. mention uh, the Yardbird Suite has Angelique Francis 
for uh, for your uh, for Hall- for Valentine's Day yeah, in the Montreal Jazz sort of Singer. A, is that a blues show? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah sort it's of a, a blues singer. She's uh, she's got quite the following, and then mm. she's performing for two days, which is pretty cool. And so it's yeah. a great Valentine's Day <laughs> thing yeah. for people to to do, and we're looking forward to seeing her next week there that's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff and there's a lot dear evan hansen comes next week from yeah. broadway across canada which we'll talk about the podcast because by then we'll have seen it yeah uh, next week talk more we're looking forward to that more educatedly next week. absolutely because yeah. we've heard so much about it yeah. and and now we can't wait the music is amazing can't wait to see what that's all about mm-hmm. well let's go let's move on to our one thing yeah. why don't you go first uh, I'm going to go first. You know what? I'm going to go with something I already talked about. What's so that? my one thing will be us at Metro Cinema. Yay! Yeah, That's pretty right. cool. It, it can be a movie. It doesn't yeah. have to be a local yeah. thing. I'm going to say Dear Evan Hansen, although I'm also Catalyst Theater, yeah. um, and I'm also looking forward to the Garnel Block. But I'm going to say for my one thing this week, it is Dear Evan Hansen, which opens on Tuesday in Edmonton. That'll be... That's... Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. All right. Uh, Speaking Artistically is produced by Bottom Line Productions and published by Taproot Edmonton. You can find links to everything we mentioned on the show notes at speakingartistically.taprootedmonton.ca. You can also stay up to date on everything that's happening by subscribing to the Arts Roundup at taprootedmonton.ca. Speaking Artistically can be found everywhere podcasts are available. While you're there, leave us a rating and review. You can also get in touch with us on social media as Bottom Line Productions. Until next time, I'm Joshua. I'm Katie. And we're Speaking Speaking Artistically. Artistically.